Station in North Georgia. Welcome to the New Bridge broadcast with the services from New Bridge Baptist Church, located on Cleveland Highway, one mile north of the State Patrol office near the entrance to Laurel Park. Pastor Milton Harris invites you to join them for their services all week long, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and on Wednesday night. Now let's join the services already in progress from the New Bridge Baptist Church of Gainesville. All right, bro, Bob, you come on, brother. Love you, my amen. brother. Amen. amen. Bless you, my friend. It is a delight to be here, and uh, we always look forward to, to uh, coming and being here with you folks. Uh, such a blessing to our hearts. It's uh, one of the things that will this next year I'll start 27 years in evangelism and uh, because of the way we travel uh, it is it is a, a, a way we move around we miss out on certain aspects of just being in a home church and enjoying the fellowship or whatever and uh, the reason we love coming here so much it's almost like uh, coming home to a home church where we uh, can interact and just enjoy seeing you and fellowshipping with you. And and uh, we, we always look forward to appreciate that so very, very much. And then I know uh, he was talking about recognizing the, uh, the veterans last year. Uh, I, I want to say wholeheartedly how much I appreciate all you that have served in the, uh, making this country for what it is. Uh, the things that we enjoy, the liberties that we enjoy, and uh, thank you so very, very, very much for your service and what you've done. And uh, you know, have you ever have you ever heard things that uh, that they're just key words or whatever that when you hear them, immediately there's stories that go back in your mind. And uh, when brother brother Milton mentioned the idea of veterans and uh, service. I remember one time I was uh, hearing, uh, I heard this story about a, the particular church had a board up in the, in the foyer and had all these little brass tags on it. And uh, a little girl was standing there looking at that board and asked her dad, said, Dad, said, what are all those names? What are, are they all there? What, what's the wrecking, uh, in the wrecking, what are they doing? And he said, well, those are, that's, that's a board of veterans. Those are the ones that have died in service. And he said, she spared immediately, did they die in the morning service or the evening service? And so, so anyway, I, I hope that we don't have, I was wondering maybe if Brother Milton had gotten to preaching so long, I used to come, and we had a pitcher of water. And now I'm gotten 16 ounces, I guess next thing come back we have eight. So whatever you do, quit preaching so long. Well, but anyway, but it is a delight. It is a delight to see you, and I appreciate all the singing, the warmth that we feel in this place. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that you're this way, but I hope that, that already in the service, I hope that the Lord's already begun to speak to your heart. I really do. I, uh, I come, uh, when I come to service, I not only want to just to hear the preacher and him allow the Lord to speak through him, but I, when I come in, I, I begin even during the song service and uh, fellowshipping with one another, I look for a word that the Lord can speak to my heart. And uh, I, I was listening to the singing and was 
blessed as Brother Milton was talking about different aspects of my name being there and stuff like that. And uh, when they begin to sing that last number, and the very first chorus, their uh, chorus went, There is a name above all others. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit of God says, There's no name like that name. There is a name that is above all others. And uh, at the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess, every knee will bow. Uh, our prayers are, are asked in Jesus' name. Uh, when the angel came and said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And you know, it's not just to acknowledge the fact that we know that, but the idea is it was like the Holy Spirit said, we need to conform to that and yield to that. And his name is above every name. In, in, our, in other words, it ought to take precedence when we hear that name being spoken to us. And so I appreciate the song service and this even right now as the ministry of the Spirit of God begins to woo our hearts and talk to our hearts. If you will, I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter number 11, if you will. Acts chapter number 11. And it is a very familiar passage, but uh, there, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, a month or so ago, I was reading and studying through this particular passage. And uh, I, I was privileged, the Lord allowed me to see some things that I want to pass on or I want to share with you that uh, I believe will be a help or encouragement in days to come. I want to, if I had a thought this morning, uh, it would be this thought, are you one of them? Are you one of them? Now, notice there in verse number 19, we'll read down through verse number 23. The Bible said, Now they which were scattered abroad upon, upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came, under the ears of the church, uh, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he had came, and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, Lord, we're indeed grateful and appreciative of, of your kindness and how that uh, even through the song service and the shaking of hands and just the warm greetings that we've enjoyed, how that uh, we've already begun to just enjoy being one of your children, being in the house of God this morning. And Lord, we're thankful for that. But Lord, I pray in just a matter of moments that you would illuminate our minds and our thoughts and 
that you would direct by the Spirit of God the, the things that need to be said. And Lord, we'll love you and thank you and praise you for thou art worthy of all our praise. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. When we come to our text this morning, we find that we are reading or coming upon an event that has fallen after the stoning of this man by the name of Stephen. He was a witness. He began to give glory and honor unto God. And as he was witnessing there, the conviction was so strong upon these religious lost people that they literally took this man's life. They ran upon him, literally the Bible said, and and gnawed upon his flesh. And uh, the persecution was so strong that that all of a sudden now there there is a dispersion that begins to take place. All of a sudden uh, uh, people begin to leave Jerusalem. And I think uh, to some extent, uh, uh, while it was not the idea to take the life of Stephen, I believe it's within the will of God so that uh, the witness of God would begin to be dispersed throughout the known world. Notice here they are making their way and they're at Phoenice, they're there at Cyprus, they're, they're there at Antioch and they are spreading abroad uh, and uh, they do what they should do uh, and that is uh, the Bible, the text says uh, they are preaching the word of God. Now you say why is that important? Because uh, the Bible said the hand of the Lord was upon him. And the truth of the matter is, uh, if you want the hand of the Lord uh, upon you, may I say, uh, give forth the word of God. Because he's obligated. Uh, he said, my word will not return unto me void. In other words, the idea is, uh, if, if, if this church uh, is to do what it needs to do uh, and accomplish a great work for God, uh, may I say the emphasis uh, will be on giving out the truth of the Word of God. That's what it'll be. And so uh, they're there and uh, they're down there preaching, they're down there uh, uh, working, and God begins to move upon the situation. And notice here, uh, literally what happens is uh, uh, two worlds uh, gain the attention of what's going on down there in, the, in, the, in this place uh, known as Antioch. In other words, the secular world begins to recognize And not only that, but the spiritual world begins to recognize that something's going on down there. Now, may I say, uh, uh, by way of introduction or thought, may I say, uh, 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 we should desire that the world recognize that something's happening in the church. But may I say, we need to understand that we want them to recognize something that God's doing and not something that man's doing. May I say there's a world out there, a religious world out there that wants to catch the attention of the, of the society and what uh, to whereby they can draw numbers. Uh, but the problem is uh, they're using the wrong motivation uh, and the wrong objective to reach that crowd out there. May I say, dear friend, you say, well, Brother Bob, we want to catch their, their attention. Well, may I say, uh, you can catch their attention with pony shows, uh, you can catch their attention with ball games, you can catch their attention with a multitude uh, of things uh, and draw a crowd to the church, uh, but not help the crowd that comes 
to the church. You say, what do you mean, Brother Bob? May I say, the Bible says that if we will lift him up, he will draw all men unto himself. May I say, if we'll put more emphasis in the church on exalting Christ, may I say, the crowd will come. You say, why? Because he'll honor his work. And so uh, there's a a movement going on. There's a a tidings begin to uh, to be stirred around. uh, And all of a sudden news uh, comes up to Antioch, comes up uh, to Jerusalem, uh, and the leadership of the the church up there, they want to know what's going on down in Antioch. Now, what they really want to know is uh, not is there a movement going on, not is there a stirring going on, But what they really want to know is this stirring, is it of God? Is it something that God is doing? Now you say, what do you mean? May I say, and I'm not going to go over there and preach them. You write the reference down over in Acts chapter number 5, verse number 36 through 37, and another place or two in the book of Acts. Uh, May I say, there's been stirrings uh, uh, many times uh, that's been going on that are religious stirrings. uh, But may I say, God is not in it. Over there in the book of Acts, there was a man led up uh, uh, Paul uh, uh, there when the uh, fellow arrested him down there. That centurion arrested him, uh, and he, he did. He misrepresented. He thought Paul was somebody else. Uh, he thought he was a man that raised up a nucleus of folks uh, and led an insurrection out into the wilderness. Uh, he thought Paul was uh, that individual. May I say, there's many religious groups uh, that have rose up uh, and led insurrection and movements, uh, and they've come ultimately to nothing. And so those folks up there, they want to know what's going on. They want to know if God's moving. And so their, their idea here in the text uh, is we need to send someone down there to find out if God is moving. And notice they pick a man by the name of Barnabas. Now, I want to ask you a question or two leading into the, leading into the thought that, that, that I, I want to magnify in other words, uh, when they send a, a man or they use a man uh, to go down there, may I say, first of all, they need to send somebody down there to know what he's looking for. That he knows what he's looking for. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you know, if, they were, if you were looking for a move of God, would you know it if you saw it? Would you recognize, in other words, uh, uh, would you uh, know when you got there in whatever that, that meeting or whatever that church was or whatever that event was, would you recognize a true move of God? Would you know it? In other words, uh, uh, here Barnabas is, uh, he's got to know what he's looking for and may I say, he's got to be able to recognize it uh, when he sees it. Now, notice here, you say, well, Brother Bob, did uh, he know it? Did he see it? Look there, if you will, uh, in the verse of Scripture, in verse 23. Uh, who, when he had came and had seen, notice this, he saw something. What did he say? He saw the grace of God. In other words, uh, uh, if it's a move of God, you know what a Barnabas knows? He knows uh, uh, that, that, that you can recognize uh, when God moves uh, because it will always uh, reveal itself in the grace of God. Well, that brought me another question. What does the grace of God look like? In other words, uh, 
if I'm looking for a move of God, I know that God's grace is what I'm looking for. How does it reveal itself? In other words, right now, if, if I was to pass out a sheet of paper to every one of you in this building and I was to ask you, how does the grace of God reveal itself? How do you know what it is? How would you recognize it if you saw it? You know, one thing I found out, when you go to looking for something, you've got to know where to look. In other words, uh, uh, everything, in other words, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, uh, there, uh, when you go to looking for something, you've got to know the area. You've got to know uh, what's conducive to, uh, to, to manufacture it or, or to bring it out or, or where, where it resides or, or, or where it will, will show itself. Let me make this comment. The grace of God only appears in one place. Nowhere else. Only appears in one place. It doesn't appear in buildings. It doesn't appear in movements. Uh, and I'm not trying to be mean. Really, it doesn't even appear in ministry. You, you say, well, Brother Bob, where does the grace of God appear? It only appears in one place. You say, where's that? It's in the lives of men. Everywhere, with except one exception, uh, when the word grace is used, uh, except for the place uh, uh, there in the, in the book of James where it talks about the fashioning uh, of a flower. Uh, in other words, every other place uh, that it's mentioned, uh, the grace of God is always uh, in the life of individuals. The very first place uh, we find the word grace uh, is in the Old Testament in Genesis 6, uh, uh, chapter number 6, uh, verse number 8. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, the truth of the matter is if I want to recognize a move of God and I'm looking for the grace of God, I can't go look at their building. I can't go look at the number of cars in the parking lot. I, matter of fact, I can't even go in and take the build a, a bulletin and, and look for food ministries and, and look for clothing ministries and, and look for cantatas or, or look for none of that. You say, what i got to do is I've got to go in and look at you. I've got to go in and look at the individuals that, that's sitting there on the pew because grace does not live in a building. Grace does not live in a checking account. Grace not, does not live in some organized uh, ministry. Grace only lives uh, in one place, uh, and that is in the hearts uh, and the lives uh, of the individuals uh, that are there. In other words, this morning uh, uh, when we look at the text, uh, old Barnabas is being sent down there. He's looking for a move of God and he knows uh, that if he gets down there and he sees the grace of God, he knows immediately that God's doing something and he realizes uh, as he begins to come in, I don't know where they're at. I don't know what kind of building they got. I don't know how they walked in. I don't know if they rode in. I don't know how they got there. I don't know what their offerings are. But I know this, uh, when Barnabas got there, he looked at a crowd and he says, that's it. God's doing a work. God's doing something. God's moving. I recognize the grace of God. I see it immediately in the lives of the individual. Well, here's the thing that, and, and I want to get into the message. Here's the thing that I, I want to magnify just for a little bit. In other words, the idea is if, if, if he saw it, don't you think we ought to be able to see it? You, you say, well, what, 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 what areas or uh, what do you think uh, uh, begin to reveal itself that God was moving, God was stirring, God was doing the work and not man? Well, notice first of all in verse 21, may I say, when he got down there, he saw converted people. 
He saw converted people. Notice what it said. And the hand of the Lord was upon them, and great numbers believed and turned unto the Lord. In other words, uh, uh, the grace of God there. Listen to what this Bible said in, 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 in the Word of God. And the grace of God that bringeth salvation. You say, Brother Bob, what happens when grace shows up? It always brings salvation in the life of the individual. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old, old things become new. In other words, uh, uh, for we're saved by grace. Uh, and may I say, when we begin to uh, be saved by grace, uh, may I say, uh, when grace shows up and we are converted people, may I say, immediately fruit begins to reveal itself. Immediately, James, uh, uh, he's not in conflict with, with the Apostle Paul. But you know what he said? He said, uh, you show me your salvation without works, and I'll show you mine by my works. He said, I'm not working for my salvation, but he said, I'll tell you what I did get. He said, the grace that showed up in my life reveals itself through works and through, through uh, the aspects of, of a fruit of the Spirit that begins to manifest itself. Love and joy. Uh, in other words, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the Spirit of God begins to, uh, to take its in residence within me. I'm, the Spirit of God lives within me, and He cannot live there that He does not manifest Himself. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, but, you know, we ought to, we ought to not have to wear, of course, I'm going to date myself here. How many, how many of you know what a Jesus first pen is? Okay, y'all don't know who Jerry Falwell is, so we've got that settled. You say, what do you mean? Jerry Falwell, when Jerry was alive and first started uh, there for years, he, he ran across this country and had uh, rallies, and, and he was known for giving out everywhere. You'd know if you'd been to, been to one of Jerry Falwell's meetings because uh, you wore a Jesus first pin. If you need one, I've got one for sale. Never mind. But anyway. But we ought to not, we ought to not have to wear a, an outlaw lapel pin for people to recognize that there's something different about us. In other words, I don't mean this wrong, but may I say, I don't know how you are, but may I say, Brother David, everywhere I go, as I begin to stand and I meet someone new, you know what I do? I intentionally bring up certain things. You say, why? Because I'm going to find something out about them immediately. You say, what do you mean? In other words, I was up in Brazil, Indiana, and we... Uh, I'd found a phone out in the road, and I took it down. Uh, uh, it was uh, uh, we were able to get in far enough to know that it was uh, 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 sponsored by Cricket under the Cricket uh, 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 consumer or whoever. We went down there, and I, I meet. I begin to talk to a young lady, and I said, uh, "I said I'm just trying to turn the phone in." She didn't didn't. She said, "I can't help you." I said, "I'm just trying to find the owner." I said, "I'm over here preaching a meeting." I watched her. I said, I'm over here preaching a revival. And she looked at me and she said, what's a revival? You say, what do you mean? Brother Hatcher, in other words, I can say to people, I'm a preacher and I can watch your eyes and, and, and I can immediately tell there's either a positive or a negative. I, you say, what do you mean? In other words, I, I try to season 
uh, uh, try to season my words uh, uh, so that I know that there's key phrases that, that immediately they'll respond. Uh, in other words, uh, I, I was over uh, down in a meeting in Kentucky and, and had to run by and get Glenn to somebody. was in Kentucky Fried Chicken, went in, and, and a, a dear old lady was behind the counter there, and she began to wait on And uh, I, I mentioned revival. Oh, amen, amen. Where are you in revival at it? At my church, and I do this. You say, what do you mean? It don't, you don't not have to wear a, a, a lapel pin for people getting to recognize. And it shows. It shows. In other words, I, I, you, I, can, I can just, I don't, you know, I don't have to ask you if you go to church. Uh, all I've got to do is begin to uh, toss out key phrases and, and key ideas. And, and I want to tell you, it ought to be such that that, that world out there, when they, they begin to look at you, they begin uh, to examine your life, and, and they are examining your life. They are looking at your life. It ought to be evident to them that you're a converted person. That the, the grace of God is, is present in your life. Because that's the only thing that brings salvation is the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of your sin, not of works. Lest in, in other words, there ain't but one way in. That is this marvelous grace that God has made and appropriated through the death, burial, and the resurrection of His own begotten Son that's accepted through faith. That, that's the only means of getting in. So when He got down there, it didn't take him long. He said, I reckon them folks are, number one, they're, they're converted folks. But then notice this. Not only, look at verse number 26. They're not only converted folks, they're church folks. Now, I, I, some of you, please, I want you to hold on to your seat, uh, the pew there, so that, you know, but, but notice something here. Notice the Bible said, uh, and they assembled themselves with the church. Now, now notice this. I love this. I get excited. A whole year. You know, we got folks that tires them up because they got to come one time a week. I mean, to come unglued. Couldn't I just sit on my pajamas and drink my cocoa and watch this thing? I mean, just imagine what 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 would it do to you if you thought I, for a whole year you got to go to church? Now, I I remember I, I surrendered to preach in in, in 1978, and uh, I, I I surrendered to preach between. Uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's, and I preached my first message on Wednesday night between them. And uh, my the the church I grew up in, and the 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 elderly fellow that 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 was preaching the morning I got saved, uh, he decided that that we were going to have a revival, and and uh, he wanted me to be part of the revival. And he called me. He said, uh, "I understand you're preaching, and I want you to be part of the revival." And I said. Uh, he said, I want you to come be one of the speakers and uh, preachers into me. I said, when's it going to start? He said, January 1st. We're going to go to January 31st. He said, how long was your first revival? For a month. You know what we have now? We don't have revivals. We have, we have a month of Mondays or a month of Sundays. Or we don't. You say, why? Because everybody's scared to death. They're going, they're going, they, they, they can't get a crowd for, for, for services. You, you say, what's your point? My point is when Barnabas got down there, you know what it is? These are church folk. They, they, they forsake not the sin of yourselves together as the manner of In other words, these folks, uh, he didn't bother them. Uh, they wanted to be with the people of God. They, they wanted to assemble together. They, they wanted to be around where the Word of God was being preached and, and the Word of God was being given out. May I say to your friend, uh, there's something about us. Uh, if the grace of God is alive and well in our life, may I say, we ought to have a love for the body of Christ. 
That ought to be a desire to come to the house of the Lord. Now, forgive me, I, I, I hate, uh, I, I really do, I'm honest, I hate personal examples, but I, I, but I, I remember, uh, I, I went down this last week, week before last, a fella I preached for, preached for him three or four times, he's down, down in Alabama, and, and uh, he called me uh, last year, I'd already preached for him two or three times down there, and he called and he said, the Lord's laid on my heart, I'm going to have a tent meeting, we're going to start on Sunday, go all the way through Sunday. He said, I want you to come. Can you come? I said, yeah, I can come. And so we left. Glenn and I left uh, uh, on Saturday going down. We were there all the way through. They closed the meeting out on Sunday afternoon after dinner on the ground. We drove all the way back Sunday, got home at 12.30, 12.30. Monday rolled around. You know what I did on Monday afternoon? I went to church. You say, why did you go? Because I, I wanted to go. Was you scheduled to preach? No, I wasn't scheduled to preach at all. Matter of fact, I hate to give you the bad news. I went Monday and I went Tuesday and I went Thursday. Excuse me, Friday. I went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. I got worldly. I went fishing Thursday. I'm sorry. But you say, you say, well, hey, you're my crowd. I, I, I like to be around you. I want to fellowship with you. I, in other words, uh, uh, in other words, there's just something when when I get around where you're at, I feel comfortable. I, I love you, folks, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, but but you know, I worry about a crowd that they'd rather run with the world, run with God's people. I really do. He got down there, and they was converted folks. They were church folks. May I say, uh, look at verse number twenty-three. Uh, they they were clean folks. In other words, he said to them, cleave unto the Lord. In other words, remain in your place, persevere, uh, abide, be still. In other words, continue on with God. I'm not going to take the time to go over there. But in Titus chapter number 2 and verse number 11 through verse number 13, the Bible said, and the grace of God that appeared unto all men, teaching them that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, they should live soberly, righteously in this godliness. We will conclude this message on the Heavenly Manor with Milton Harris. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville, Gainesville and W248DL Murrayville, Gainesville.